Hello, friends. Tired of traditional car dealerships pushing you around for five hours just to end up with a payment that's more than you can afford? They're not your friends, but you know who is your BFF? Volkswagen of Boise. They have a non-commissioned sales team that genuinely cares about your vehicle needs. Not ready to buy today? No pressure. Come back when you're ready, and they'll make the process easy and hassle-free with upfront pricing and a no-haggle philosophy. Volkswagen, engineered to buy easy. For more info, go to volkswagenofboise.com. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Welcome back to the conversation. Welcome everybody to the Boise Bubble Podcast. We're podcasting live from Tree Fort. Happy Tree Fort. Happy Tree Fort. Happy, Happy Tree, Tree Fort. Fort, friends. Yeah. Happy Tree Fort, everybody. So the first question I always like to ask is, what do you guys do at Tree Fort? Well, should you tell us who we're, who we're interviewing that first? That feels like the logical steps. <laughs> I don't know. It could be the, mis- the mystery. Yeah. Well, like, can you guess will, who we're talking to? It will unfold in time who our guests are. <laughs> On the podcast, we've had a series called the Double Date Series, where we just bring couples in that, you know, uh, they usually have some kind of place in the community, but you always see them like in that one realm. But to get to know them a little bit outside of that, we find it kind of interesting. And so we've uh, invited uh, Mayor uh, Lauren McLean and your husband, Scott. Thanks for coming on the the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. How do we choose? Uh, uh, how did we want to get them on the podcast, Natalie? Like, how do we how do we want to? Yeah, uh, no, there was like a reasoning why we thought, oh, oh right. let's have it. Let's so the have the first them. time we ever were around you guys at all. I don't know if you remember, but we sat next to you at the Lumineers concert. Mm-hmm. And um, well, first of all, I sat next to you, Scott, and I asked you kind of what you do. Do you remember what you told me you did for a living? Oh, goodness. Was it? A spy and yeah. I had to kill you, I think. <laughs> yes. You're like, well, I'm a Russian spy. And I'm like, oh, great. Um, but what we noticed was that, you know, we were there. That was a great show. Yeah, it was um, a great show. But we noticed that when you were there, um, you know, you guys were just in your own bubble. Like, you were having so much fun. You were enjoying the concert. You were enjoying each other. And later, as we drove home, we were saying, you know, we, both of us were like, we love that. We love seeing couples who've been married a while and who, you know, you might have a, a certain place in, in the community or in your family, but that outside of that, you're your own people. And um, I, was, I, I am inspired by that, but I also am interested in, in kind of how that works. So that's, that was last year, and we were just like, we should get them on our podcast. So thank you so much for coming, especially on Tree Fort. I know you guys are huge fans like we are, so this is a fun place to do it. It is fun to do it, and I have to say that I do remember meeting you all, and you you took a picture of Scott and I that I absolutely love, and you sent it to me through a, a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. It's on my own personal Instagram page, I think, and um, I don't know. It captured the whole show. Like It was such a fun show. Mm-hmm. It's funny. We got there. I think I had a city council meeting or something, so we, we were getting there late, but um, I get there, and we were meeting friends, and she thought that she was watching the Lumineers, and it was almost over. It was the opening act, and she's like, you missed them. I'm like, I missed them? Like, they weren't even, my detail told me they were going on at whatever time, and um, and yeah, Amy thought that she was watching the Lumineers. Um, That was a great show. Huge fan, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's fun to get to know people outside of the context of the typical labels that they they carry. Like we see people in public office and you know 
it almost feels like there's a tendency these days to boil people down to simple labels like a party, a religion, a group, uh, something like that. But I think that that keeps us from getting to know other people and the nuances and the complexity of you know how they think and what kind of people are they. So we like to talk to people kind of outside of those labels and just let's just get to know each other. Who are we? And I think that that humanizing element kind of makes it easier to listen and empathize a little bit bit more. Very true. Yeah. So, first step, how do you guys like to tree fort? It is incredible and overwhelming at the same time. There's just so much stuff. And I think the worst thing about tree fort is when everyone asks, so are you what shows are you excited about? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I have time to look at the schedule, I'll have you know five or six different things that I have selected at every time slot during the night. And mm -hmm. then it's just sort of you go wherever, wherever the moment takes you. Um, and then... Thursday, I forgot to do that, and I looked at my schedule, and I had no idea where I was going, and I'm like, well, I guess we'll go home relatively early, mm. but it's still kinda, 11 o'clock. That's kind of the way that I like to tree fort, too. Like, it, it was incredibly confusing to me the first time. Oh, well, there's tree fort. Cool, awesome. It's a music fort. Oh, well, we have ale fort, and we have pod fort, and we have film fort. I didn't understand the concept of the forts until we had uh, tree fort on the podcast to kind of explain it to the rookies like like me. So now I'm the, the same way. I don't really make an agenda. I just like showing up and walking and following the energy. So what do you guys think about the new main stage? Oh, down in Julia yeah, Davis down Park? Down park, the, the move. I like it, but yeah. I kind of liked it more centralized, but I don't know. I try to keep an, an open mind. I'm sure yeah. it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think they would have, I'm sure they would have loved to keep it exactly as it was because it was great. I mean, it was, it was so centralized, but I think what they did with the park is amazing, yeah. and I think now it's just a totally different experience. I love that you can see so many um, bands all at once, and I love that, like, um, you know, the kids can just kind of run around, and I, I don't know, it's just, it feels more centralized, like, festival style mm -hmm. instead of so urban, so it is different, but I really think they did a good job. Yeah. I love being surrounded by the trees. Mm -hmm. Like, I, they, they had said to me that they loved how it was going to work out, that they thought it was going to be great, and it was hard for me to really imagine because, you know, for 10 tree forts, we've been downtown, and it's just the way it was. But there's something about, like, being surrounded by those big trees mm -hmm. while you're listening to the music, and then they, they're lit up at night. And then you're right, see all the kids run around through the grass, and the big, I call it the puppet is down there, yeah. the, the big whale, and to watch, especially little ones, um, move it around, play with it is really fun. We like to do everything. Yeah with Tree Fort. We start Wednesday, it, we get more tired every day. Mm -hmm. um, by Sunday, we feel like we're dragging ourselves <laughs> because we don't want to miss out on the fun. Um, but we've always kind of called it spring break for adults. Like mm -hmm. it just, it's almost like a, just a, it's a lovely, beautiful, like joyful celebration of Boise that I just love like, being in the middle of, mm -hmm. biking around, feeling the energy, seeing people. Um, and enjoying the arts. Yeah. Our first year, we approached it hard, and I just thought, oh, music festivals, just like when we were, you know, uh, in college. And it, the, but then it just started to make me feel old because by ten o'clock, I was like, ah, oh, who's playing? And the when do they? Oh man, they they don't start until eleven thirty. I didn't realize that I had a bedtime. You've never do, been to one now. of those late shows. I have always been at those by myself. Like you've never made it that far. Agreed to disagree, <laughs> but that's I okay. I love though that you said like it does. It represents all of what is just beautiful about Boise. Like I come here and I, I think I just fell in love with Boise in a whole nother way through Tree Fort because I'm like, these are my people and everyone's just kind and there's, 
everywhere you go, people are joyfully greeting each other. And I just, I think it's just the most um, wonderful representation of Boise. I just love it. Um, and you guys are walking around. You're, you know, you're relatively uh, visible. You know, you're the <laughs> Boise mayor, or Boise mayor. How, like, how are you able to enjoy Treefort? Are you just stopped all the time? Or, like, are you constantly being pulled into, I guess, in that role? I'm just wondering how that works for you guys. Uh. I mean, you yeah. watch you watch it more. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting this year. Uh, what we can talk about Lauren's little little knee injury, but you're much slower this year than you are <laughs> in, in years past. And um, I, I we have a friend who has a pedicab, a rickshaw that I, he's loaned me for the week. So I'm getting Lauren around from from event to event. Um, and there's two entrances to the main stage. There's the Rose Garden and the main entrance. And we were going to I think Ale Fort or Food Fort. So she, I decided I was going to go and bike the rickshaw around, and I'm like, we'll probably meet right at the same time. I don't think you had exited the actual stage area yet because you kept getting stopped and talking to people. Um, yeah, it's su I find yeah. it super fun. I mean, I meet a ton of new people, and then, of course, see people that I've known for decades. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great time to, you know, after a long winter, to see folks say hi and um, enjoy some music together. There's, I mean, there's a lot of talking. There is. I really like meeting, especially um, little kids that are kind of coming through. That you know, their parents will be like, "Oh, there's the mayor," yeah. and um, mm. and then they'll walk up. I've got stickers and stuff that I like to hand out. Um, but no, it doesn't. It. I mean, it's it's just part of the experience and it makes it fun. I I poured beer yesterday oh, for cool. an hour at the main stage, and um, we'll be doing it again today, and that's super fun because then I just. I got better pouring beer through the course of the hour. Mm. Um, but pour beer, say hi to folks, meet people. Um, you know, pe people like to talk about what they're going to see next, all of that. It's it's just all part of the experience. But it hasn't, I mean, it hasn't changed the way we tree fort. We yeah. still do what we've always done the last 10 and now 11 mm. tree forts. A lot of people kind of have, or I shouldn't say a lot of people, I shouldn't project. I have like a ratio in my mind, like how much outside people facing time can I do? And then how much time do I need like outside of that realm to just mm -hmm. decompress? And I'm probably a 70, 30 guy, but I imagine that in your world, you probably have to have a higher ratio. You must be comfortable a lot of the times with your personal life and your, uh, you know, and your job kind of melding. They, they do meld. I mean, People, some people that know me wouldn't be surprised, but there's people who are, I'm an introvert. And so actually I've always had jobs that require me to you know, advocate and work with people, organize all of those pieces. And so my, my home time is my quiet time. And mm -hmm. then we spend a lot of time in the mountains to decompress um, and in the foothills. But I don't know, like I do, I, at the same time, I really do get energy from you know, seeing lots of people and ha having meaningful conversations. Yeah. And, um, it's it just, I don't know, it, this, this festival especially and, and the chance to be out and about throughout the city uh, just reminds me again how much we all love this place and how, as you were mentioning, like how much we actually do have in common um, mm -hmm. at times when things are so often so divided. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of common ground, you mentioned the mountains. What do you guys like to, to do up in the mountains? Uh, backcountry ski, hiking, mountain biking, uh, Lauren trail running. I run a little bit. Uh -huh. um, backpacking. Backpacking. Yeah. yeah, we really like it all. Nice. Yeah. And is this how this, you're coming in with quite the, um, <laughs> with the contraption. contraption on your leg. What's going on with that? So um, I have this bionic thing on my leg right now. 
And it's funny because we I went to see a county commissioner the other day and you know took all my coats off and emptied my pockets and went through the security thing. It starts going off and I just like automatically put my hands up. I'm like I emptied everything. I don't know what what, what happened. <laughs> and they're just looking at my leg and then I remember that this thing is on me and I just start cracking up and then they all start laughing too. Um, Scott and I were skiing and. Um, my right foot got stuck in the top of a tree and I got swung around and my left knee twisted inward and I tore everything. Mm. Oh, gosh. So How I have surgery in just a couple days. So oh. I guess when this airs, I'll have just, I'll be done with surgery and on the other side and I cannot wait. Oh, wow. wow, I was way off. I guess banana peel. <laughs> banana peel, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that would probably be a better story actually, a much mm. better story. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just slept on a, ban- a banana peel. They're everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. So do you feel like for your relationship, like um, when you're kind of trying to protect it, I guess, because you guys were high school sweethearts, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which fascinates me. I don't know why that fascinates me so much. I, right, I do know. I think that like, it's interesting that as you grow and you go through your life, like you change a lot, but sometimes it's hard to get room to change if you're always around the people that are with you for years after years. Like I went back to my uh, 20, 20th, high school reunion and people were still talking about stories that I'd done back in high school and I thought man I am not that same guy anymore so it's kind of interesting that spouses I think are a mixed bag like sometimes you give each other room to change and sometimes maybe you don't give each other room to change but to find people that have been married for how long how long have you guys been married 25 25 yeah 25 years 26 this summer (laughs) since high school that's awesome well not we didn't get married in high school we 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 went to college and thank you for clarifying and I think I think in terms of growth, uh, we were, well, I was fortunate that we went to different schools because I think we would have, la- you would have gone crazy if we were in the same place with me. Cause oh, yeah, I think I, it, it know, worked to go to different I'm colleges. like a fine wine or a bad wine, and you just needed some time to age and mm. um, a little bit and mature. Yeah. A little but, bit of space. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys get married in college, or did you wait until after? After. After. Yeah. 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 I, so you ended up taking a fifth year. Yeah. So after I graduated, he had one more year. It was more like a working year because you had to do externships. Yeah. And so we got married the summer after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually, as soon as you graduated, we moved here. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's our same story. I had one more year left whenever we got married, and you had just graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were my, sh- my sugar mama, making money. I know. That was a fun time. It was nice. Uh, <laughs> Scott, so, what did you get your degree in? Uh, computer science. Computer science. Yeah. So mm. it was a um, job interview with Micron and then Hewlett Packard, the same same trip that got us to Boise. And yeah. Lauren had some free time while I was interviewing and went for a run and fell in love with the city and the trails and the neighborhoods. And Right on. Yeah. Cool. Go ahead. Oh, and Sorry. then, so... <laughs> You know, you you meet, you were 16, is that right? Mm-hmm. I think you, so you, you met. Yeah, I'd actually, so my parents, moved, my family moved the beginning of my sophomore year in high school. So I had a birthday party with this other girl who had, whose birthday was in October um, and to meet people. And I met, I met you at my 16th birthday yeah. party. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yes, it's a little weird. But, um, <laughs> but I guess it's amazing also, knock on wood. I know. So... so I'm always curious, like, was it an instantaneous thing? Oh, there's something there or a more gradual... I love that. No, it, no. It's it happens <laughs> later. Yeah. No, no, we started dating two years later. Yeah. 
We started dating two years later. I will say it was a small town. I think there were 100 people in our high school class. Mm. So when you moved in, when you moved, I remember like seeing you in class one day and like you were the cute new, new girl. <laughs> um, you know, there weren't a lot of new, new people at all. So it was a low threshold. But <laughs> low, bar, low bar. All right. So, yeah. okay. So this is, I think what's fascinating is, you know, you meet, you're very young, you stay together and then you come to Boise and now you're the mayor. Like, how do you have that conversation of, so I'm thinking of like totally, because that changes everything for your relationship. I think, you know, you just, I don't know, were you always wanting to go into politics or? I was always interested in policy mm-hmm. and always in that world. Um, I loved helping other people that were in politics, but I didn't grow up thinking, oh, as an adult, I like pe- helping people in politics, not when I was young. I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I want to be in politics. Oh, I want to run for office. I Yeah, it wasn't something that I thought about. But the policy part was interesting yeah, to you. Yeah, the policy stuff was always interesting me to me. Like, as a kid, what was going on in the world? Um, later on in high school, what was going on in our community? And then, in, you know, in college. And when we moved here, um, I had worked for a summer for the governor of Montana, which is how we started thinking about coming west. And um, I just, you know, I got involved. Like, I started volunteering. And mm. that's really how I got involved in the community. Um, around issues that I cared about, and that was just something that I always was interested in. You've got a degree in public, uh, some kind of a public policy background? Oh, yeah, from Boise State. I got a master's in public administration yeah. with an environmental policy emphasis. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did student government in high school, and I went to like a state event like where we did state government, and oh, I cool. thought, oh, this will be awesome. And it was the policy part that really kind of opened my mind to it. It gets really complicated, and bringing people together, and especially with different ideologies, I don't know why someone would choose that intentionally. It seems like it's a lot of work, a little bit stressful, but you've got a special emphasis in that. I was doing a little bit of cyber stalking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something about co- uh, <laughs> consensus building and conflict resolution. How's that going? <laughs> I will say that um, it's it's going well. The um, yeah, the the work that I did in high in college for um, the governor of Montana was cer- um, centered around consensus building and natural resource problem solving in small communities in Western Montana. And it's got me really interested in how you work um, with a whole bunch of different people with different ideas to try to find a solution that's best for the community. And so when I came over here to Boise State, they had some opportunities to delve into that too. So I I kept at it. We were doing some joint stalking, and I didn't realize that you were, um, you became mayor like months before March 2020, and yeah. we just started laughing so hard, and I felt so bad about it, because I'm like, that's quite a time to suddenly find yourself. And I'm, I'm imagining, you know, from, from your perspective, Scott, um, seeing someone that you care about and love so much go into a place to where you can be such a target, you know, when when things are so divisive, um, what's what it's what has it been like for you to to have you know your yeah. your person um, under the spotlight that way? Yeah, the the, the kids and I um, were the I think we were ready for you to run for mayor before you were, right? And yeah. then all of a sudden, COVID hits, and I'm realizing that in hindsight, I wouldn't have wished this on my worst enemy. Um, because there were hard decisions, and you know there were, and it was just a really hard time. Um, and I can't remember the question, but uh, at the flip side, you know, 
we had both of our kids came were home from school and they were here so we had that really great family center that I think made it easier to do the hard things um, and uh, yeah it's there there are times when I want to wish what you do on my worst enemy I'll say it that way and yeah <laughs> the um I you know that was a it was a weird time to to start office because I'll tell people it was I still have these funny images of the time because I'd just been sworn in. I still hadn't hired a full team, so I had my chief of staff and a scheduler, and that was it in my office. And still didn't even, like, I was waiting for furniture. It's some old furniture in there. Phone system hadn't figured out quite how to use it yet, so we were all just using our own phones. And then we, and building a team, right? Like getting to know all of the department heads and kind of e easing into the role. And then on a dime, we, together with the council, we passed an ordinance that made it possible for us to you know, protect people from a health perspective. And we moved our city government online and remote. Hmm. And so, so City Hall was just like, it made me think of like night at the museum because it was just so quiet. And it was, and the streets were so quiet. So it was really surreal. But Scott's right, I mean, there were tough decisions we made, right decisions. The city has recovered very well while people, you know, there are many people still struggling because of the economy right now. Um, but having our kids both, I mean, it was a bummer for them to have to, you know, do high school at home. And at first, like, high school just kind of ended, right? Like, they mm -hmm. weren't ready. <laughs> so, like, school's out. And then um, our daughter had been overseas for the year, and we had to pull her home before they closed the borders. Mm. And, I mean, you called her and said she had 12 hours to leave. Yeah. And, um, but then to like have everybody home also did really kind of, e I'd say, ease um, some of the difficulties yeah. about it because we, we had each other. And, and as I said, I'm, I'm an introvert, so we got to have these great evenings, just the four of us, that I likely wouldn't have had. And, and it would have changed our lives in a very different way um, if, it, if this had been a normal time to become a mayor. I just imagine like a time in April when you're sitting down to dinner as a family and thinking, I had all these plans and this idea of what it was gonna be like and the problems I was gonna be solving when I came into office. And this is not at all what I signed up for. Like a quick pivot, that, that's hard. Yeah, I actually would say it was a quick pivot. I never thought that, mm. because, and I really didn't, it was just, the world is what the world is, and this is, you know, this is my time here, and leaned in. And the incredible thing is we've actually still been able to hit all the goals I wanted to hit in my first term mm. on, you know, we needed to kind of get back on track when it came to affordability for Boise so people can afford homes, and you know, we're, we've made progress, we're getting back on track. Mm. We knew that um, we, you know, as we grow, we've got to s stay safe, and we had goals to increase safety and make sure that Boise remains the, the safe community that she is. You know, lowest crime in, 40, in 20 years. And so even on jobs, so we, you know, when I think about like your kids that are here in the audience, our kids, when they're ready to come back and build lives here, we need to have jobs uh, at, you know, all different pay scales so people can build lives and afford to live in Boise and work in Boise. And with Micron and manufacturing, and the industrial work that we're doing at the airport, you know, we're getting the job growth back on tra track too. And so big, big challenges that we had to address, but um, we remained focused on the goals that brought me to, to office in the first place. Hmm. Hmm. 
So that's cool, and I love it. <laughs> but I really want to know where do you guys go out to eat? Like when it's just you two. Let's talk about the real and stuff. And you kind of have like, <laughs> the, yeah, all right, this is our eating. night. Do you guys like have a date night? Do you have like a, a system or a structure to connect and stay connected? We, we've we never really had a structure. We, we've tried. Yeah, we tried. Um, and uh, it's sort of informal. We have, so both, both we were empty nesters for... We were empty nesters for about uh, a month, I think, this fall. And we, now we have a foreign exchange student who is wandering around somewhere here, Nathan um, from France. And uh, there, there was that month where it, it was actually, it was, it was wonderful because that, that month of you know, going out to eat after the last couple of years and like no kids around, that was not sustainable. Um, so now we have a little <laughs> bit more of a home life um, in the evenings. But we love to come downtown, any, any place on 8th Street. Um, I think one of our favorite places is um, Elevita, and it, Italian restaurant. And years ago, we were on vacation. I think it was our 15th anniversary. Um, and we were ended up in, on the coast in Italy for the last day and just had this incredible food. And we just we saw this couple next to us, and we just ordered everything that they ordered. So they ordered every course of the five courses on the menu. Um, and we shared it. And we, well, no, there we didn't because the, the portion sizes oh, were, it was meant, right. like in Italy, you're, the culture is you eat all of the courses. And then we get back to, the, back to the States and you go to an Italian restaurant and they ha might have all five courses, but they're all on Huge. Place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now we love to go and just, we'll order one of each thing. Um, and sit and there for a couple just sit hours. There for, yeah. yeah. I love the, the European idea of making dinner like a multi-hour thing. Yeah. You sit with the intention of this is, the food is just the medium to connect and talk, and you're going to stretch it out as long as you possibly can. Our kids don't like that. No. <laughs> they, they really hate that. They're That's like, a date night the thing. The second that all the food's gone, they're like, can we go now? What's next? And we're like, no. <laughs> yeah. So when friends or family come into town, where do you take them? Like, how do you like to show Idaho off? Oh, that's a great question. So Scott's parents live here now. They moved here, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, they've been here for a while. And... Um, but then we, when we have other friends and family come in, it depends on how much time we have. Of course, like, I love showing off our city. Mm -hmm. And it's all, all different neighborhoods, right? So we'll take people down to the river. We love to float the river, especially when there are guests, if it's really hot. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we like to go up towards, um, I'm thinking in the summer, because that tends to be when we have guests, up towards Bogus, where it's a little cooler to get um, family out on the trails. Moore's Mountain's nice. There's a lot of stuff going on up there. Yeah, we don't there. tend to Tons head of trails. up there, although our son does a lot of backcountry skiing there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, we tend to stay on this side just with, with guests, unless we're going to take people like backpacking or kind of head up to Stanley is where we really love to get out for a couple days. Uh. But then like I'd say I often will draw maps and chart walks for people that are visiting and you know, try to get folks down to the Anne Frank Memorial. Um, th the neighborhoods up on the bench are awesome with great food too. So I tend to kind of talk about different areas over there. And then, you know, like anybody that's that's visiting a city, they want to see the highlights of our really vibrant and clean and safe downtown that's really accessible for everybody. Mm -hmm. So we tend to spend time down here with them too. I get real excited talking about this place, especially like when family comes. It's 
my brother is from Arkansas. Well, I'm from Arkansas, and so when he comes out west and 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 he sees it, it's it's kind of interesting because just geographically, we're situated kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's not like a ton. You got to go five hours to get to Salt Lake, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, seven eight hours to get to Spokane, and it just takes time. So we're kind of nestled away and tucked away. But to have so many awesome eateries and so many wonderful places to go, like we've got a great city with a lot of things going on. There's so much going on, and and then the other the other component too is we've got a great university, so there's always tons of stuff to do over at Boise State too. So there really is a lot to do in Boise, and I'd say the region too. I mean, there's yeah. so many other great cities in the valley too to, that it, are worth visiting. It, it's always hard for me to just say Boise or think Boise. I always think the Treasure Valley or the Southern Idaho. Like I think yeah. in in terms of larger regions. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we took a day trip. I'm not going to name the place because it was nice and quiet. Um, but we took a t- day trip to some hot springs last weekend. Um, got away on Sunday, and it was it was awesome. It was you know less than a two hour drive, and spent the day kind of moving in and out of hot water and just sitting on the grass. And then we were home, and it was you know a, gr- a great day trip from Boise too. Hmm. And we I, we forgot to mention picnics at the Shakespeare Festival. Oh yeah, we do that a lot with yeah. guests too. So you guys seem to be outside a lot. Like when I'm thinking, well, how do they connect? I'm hearing a lot of outdoor activities. Yeah, Accurate, not accurate. Like we're more likely, I mean, just like I said, we've never really managed to like keep a date night going (laughs) because we don't like to spend time together. We're like, we should do a date night. And then our budget gets all out of whack. We're like, we can't do date nights anymore. But um, (laughs) but we we, will like after work, I mean, typically, I don't know what we're going to do this spring. But we'll jump on bikes and go for a mountain bike ride or get the dog out for a hike or something like that. So, yeah, we spend, I'd say we spend, and our family time, like our, our best family time is spent outside. And a great couples activity is going and knocking on doors when it's campaign season. That's, oh, that's, that sounds oh, like yeah, so You did to a lot do. of that, too. <laughs> Nothing yeah. spins up romance like <laughs> canvassing. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, though, the, that correlation. Like, how do you protect your relationship from... Or is that just part of it? Like, do you just, are you always talking about work and, or is there a time when you're like, you know what, let's, let's be us outside of, of politics or, or your jobs, like, or is it just all always present? I don't know. I tend to, I prefer not to talk about work. Yeah, I know. And I, and I, I, I think you, unfortunately you can't because everything you do as the mayor, right? I'm, I, I see it on Twitter. So I'm like, how was your, what about this? And so you, you don't get that break, and I probably should be um, more aware of that and try to give you a break more. But um, we'll talk about it a little bit and then just, you know, whatever else we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think that part of that, back to, you know, meeting early um, in, in our lives, I think we have evolved and grown together. So it just, it, it's, when you sort of, try to introspect into our relationship, it's hard to because it's just so natural. And it's what, what we've always known, um, which mm. then makes it easier just to sort of go as one in, instead of you know two people who came together later in life. Um, I've always thought that was an advantage that we were lucky, very lucky to have. Mm. We've had to work, I think, to find the balance of uh, you know, what's, what's work and what's not work. You know, yeah, Natalie. We work together. We do, and Which is um, so fun all the time. Twenty four seven, it's great. Every day is a great day. <laughs> no, it's hard, and especially with Natalie's career. I mean, uh, being in social media, it's such a weird 
such a weird world to be part of and to be a leader in. And um, there's, you're always connected. The phrase that you're using a lot lately is you're plugged into the global consciousness. I am the opposite. Like I really have to limit my connection to stuff like that. Um, Cause if I were living in social media all day, every day, I probably, w- I definitely would not manage it as well as, and as you do. I'm having a total breakdown like all the time though. Like he just, <laughs> but he helps me. I think it's actually helpful cause I'm realizing like being, being connected to the global consciousness, like no one's ready for this. Like as humanity, this is all new for all of us. And I think it's good for you to not be so connected because I think you can pull me out. You know, like for, for me, I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll go and I'll be like so low because of just like the anger and the, we've lost this ability to connect and listen to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's weighs on me so heavy. Um, and so I'll go to Shane like and on a date night and I'll be like really clear like what I need and I need uh, like a respite from that. I need to I need to be in a place where I'm just me, that it's just us and that like I know there's a lot going on, but I need I need to be away from the storm. And I think that if we were both so connected, um, I think we may lose ourselves a little bit in that. So I don't know if you guys ever experienced that because I mean you're. I mean, you, you know, people are going to attack anyone who is, is brave. You know, if you're brave and you, and you stand for anything, you're under attack. And then you have to watch, you know, that happening. And I mean, what's that like for you, Scott, to, to watch people attack someone you care about so much? Oh, it's easy. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I, I think I self-police, but I've also been told that I'm, I should not post on uh, social media or respond to trolls. Um, uh, there, there's a tiny part of me that thinks that I might be that it, there might be some benefit to me engaging, but um, the rest of me knows that yeah. Um, but it is hard, and I think we, you talked, Shane, you talked earlier about like humanizing and de- dehumanizing, and we in as a society, you know, political discourse sort of breaking down, we dehumanize any anyone in a leadership position. Right, and we put them in some box. But at the end of the day, Lauren is the girl who I, you know, first saw sitting across from me in French class, and then went to, you know, her, her Halloween party. And, and we're all people. Like um, you are, you are, you're your your parents' daughter, right? You're there are our kids' mother, and you're also happen to be mayor, um, and you're doing the best thing that you can. And in by and large, any anyone in in politics, in government, in leadership, they're they're there. They're it's a public service. And um, you know, as as hard as it is, like f- for me, we've also got you know, library board members and school board members who have protesters at their house, right, and who are getting screamed at at public hearings. And it's this dehumanization of of these people. And like a school board member or a library board member, right, that is public service, right. Mm-hmm. You're not getting anything out of that, like from you know a career or, or you know, financial reward, it, like the, R, the ROI does not make sense. Um, it, even if they're paid positions, you're working your butt off for, for the community, doing what you think is best. And then you've got you know, trolls online or trolls on the, st- on the street corner. And it's, um, yeah. I've, start, I've started to see some similarities between the mentalities of social media and the mentalities of politics. And we try really hard not to be partisan and not to buy into those kinds of labels, but social media in the online environment, I think gives people this weird sense of entitlement or protection to say things that mm-hmm. they wouldn't say to somebody else's face. Yeah. 
And politics has kind of been like that, that same way too. It's people seem more emboldened to be combative and dismissive or denigrating to people who don't feel the same way. And I'm sure that there's some psychological, some, uh, you know, community psychology going on there where they blend together, but, uh, it just, it's a hard time. There's a lot of hate out there in both worlds, which feels crazy because when I think in terms of community, man, we're all living together at the end of the day, I go back home to my house and I'm next door to you. And if we think differently, we still have to find a way to live together and, you know, smile at each other when we're mowing our grass. Yeah. I think that everybody wants to be seen as the complex person that they are, but we're forgetting that we have to offer that freedom to everyone else that I am, I had a childhood and I had a, you know, I had friends who were mean to me at some point and I have ever like, I have so much complexity and, and we all see that in ourselves, but it is so hard to continually allow other people to be that complex because it overwhelms us. And I think we've lost that skill to look at every person and say, I don't know their story and and because we're we're trying to simplify i think everything's just gotten so complicated and sometimes that simplification goes into a place of fear and uh, that's that's not going to be good for anybody you know things have gotten complicated and we have seen so much division in the last couple years but really everywhere i go i'm i'm much more hopeful because there is so much that we all do have in common and when we and i find it when i'm knocking on doors i find it when people are in city hall i find it when i'm walking through treefort um, and meeting with people in neighborhoods throughout the city, that there's that community, that connection that we each have to Boise and to the people of Boise that does transcend, I think, the divisions. It transcends it. And that people want um, leaders and, and you know, leaders at all levels, right? You could be a neighborhood leader, a leader in your church, what have you, um, that are willing to see, to find those things that connect us and then to, to work from there on a broader vision for the community. And I mean, that's what I find more than anything throughout the city, at least, is everybody wants to do that. Roll up their sleeves, get to work for this place that we love. I like that perspective of finding common ground. Like, it feels like you want to find as much common ground as you possibly can. Like, what are the things that I absolutely cannot, you know, compromise on and I want to make that personal list very small like what do we all want I want to live in a place with low crime I want um, I want people to be you know to show common decency to each other I want people to slow down on the roads and I want them to courtesy wave more than they fly the bird um, but we can come together with that and I think that if you can come together on those basic things you should be able to navigate around differences of beliefs Anyway, and you sorry, also mentioned I feel like it was really door to door. It's when we see each other. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the personal mm-hmm. face to face It's now we have this new thing. I mean, this has just been what fifteen years, seventeen years that really the social media has been a thing. Before that, we it, we had to be face to face and we had to respect each other. And now we we we're still learning how how to be respectful when we're not looking in each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. And I and I think uh, it's something we're still working on. Mm-hmm. But I'm grateful that you. Uh, you know, you're brave to to lead our city. I mean, that's pretty great. Oh. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I and uh, I don't know. I just think I think it's pretty great that anyone makes that choice. Like, I'm going to spend my life um, serving a a community. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Um, it's it's a joy and it's truly an honor and a gift. And it wouldn't happen um, if Scott and Madeline and Aiden, you know, weren't right alongside me. Mm. Um, they're very much a part of it.
It's so weird to hear you say empty nesters. I thought, you guys don't look old enough to be empty nesters. <laughs> That's weird. And yet it's right around the, the corner for a lot of us. I don't feel that old, but our oldest is 17. Yeah, our youngest is, yeah. is nine. And man, I just see how quickly, you know, my oldest went from nine to 17. I think it's a, it's a snap. We're going to be empty nesters pretty quick. Kind of okay sounds, sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> I love my kids, and I love them being in the house, but I also like the idea of them being self-sufficient and not in the house. So, awesome. yeah. All right, well, we're running out of time, but thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm sure we'll see you around at Tree Fort. Um, we're going to be here, I think, the most of the day. I'm just kind of partying, but um, we appreciate what you guys do for our community, and we look forward to getting to know you a little bit more in the future. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Scott, Lauren, thanks a lot. Thank you guys so much for having us. All yeah. Right. And thanks to, uh, yeah, yeah thanks to everybody for coming. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you. Happy right. Tree Fort, everyone. Happy, Happy Tree Fort. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at The Boise Bubble. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time. The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more.